Welcome to the Freedom Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are investing in your relationship with the Lord by listening to this message. Check out our YouTube channel for a complete log of all of our sermons. If you would like to know more about FC, visit our website at www.freedomfamily.us. God bless and remember that the best is yet to come. How's everybody doing? Let's give God praise. All right, all right. I am so glad you are here today. Thankful that you come to Freedom Church. If you are watching online or you are in person, you are blessed of God because you are breathing and your heart is beating and God is not done with you yet. Look at the person next to you and say, God's not done with you. Yes, yes. I'm so excited that you are here and uh, we are so blessed, so blessed today. So, um, if it's your first time here, thank you for coming to Freedom Church, and we appreciate that very much. Your first time watching online, I uh, just want to share with you what we've been doing the last couple of weeks. We've been talking about what we value, and as a church, we have what we call high-five values. And this is what I remember uh, as I get ready to set this up for the third week. Um, this is what I remember growing up. When I grew up, I, I'll never forget when you would People, when I was a little boy and I was privileged, how many of you grew up in church? Raise your hand. Raise your hand real quick. I've done this before. Some of you have. You'll, you'll know what I'm talking about. Uh, how many of you did not grow up in church? Raise your hand real quickly, real quick, all over. Yes, a lot of people didn't grow up in church. Well, I grew up in church, and when somebody wanted to join the church, they would walk up front, and they would meet the pastor up front, and they would ask him a couple of questions. They would ask him, you know, uh, have you given your life to Jesus Christ? Have you been born again? And, of course, they would have the opportunity to answer. And then it asked them, have they followed in, in, in baptism? And then it asked them, would you like to uh, support the covenant of the church, which was a big thing on the wall, the covenant, you know, is what it was. But when they said that and they went back, with all honesty, they really didn't know what that particular church stood for. They didn't really know why they existed. They didn't really understand what to do. So in order for you to really figure out what that church really believed and what that church was really all about, you had to get involved. You had to ask questions. And, and man, over the years, since God led Shannon and I to start this church uh, almost, you know, 20 years ago when it started the foundations of it, man, you know, People have come and told me horror stories how they joined a fellowship and they thought they believed this, then they found out they believed that. You see what I'm saying? So this is to your benefit that we talk about what we believe. Freedom Church, first and foremost, uh, it, it, we exist to reach people to know God. And that happens through uh, His Son, Jesus Christ. And that's what we're all about. So first and foremost, our first high five value is everyone reaching. Everybody say everyone reaching. We want to be able to reach out to people so they can find what we've already found in Jesus Christ. It's basically lost people. Uh, we want to let them know. It's like one beggar telling another beggar where to get some bread. The last week we talked about everyone growing. When we talk about everyone growing, we believe in learning to become like Jesus. Listen, I need less of me and I need more of Jesus. How about you today? I need less of me and I need more of what he is like and not what I'm like. Can I get a witness, church? Come on now. I'm telling you what, more of me, I mess me up sometimes. I mess other people up. I ask my wife. She lives with me. God bless her heart. Y'all pray for my wife. Okay? You know, there's a lot of people, we're, we as human beings, every day, as John said, he said, I've got to decrease so my Lord can increase. See? So that's where it's at. But today as we move forward, we want to talk about everyone serving. Would you say that with me? 
everyone serving. Shannon and I both grew up in the church, and, and I remember growing up in a church. You were really, really, and I grew up in a Baptist church, okay. We were really good Baptists if you went to church on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. You know what we thought? We thought that was serving. How many of you will raise your, raise your hand and say that grew up that, that you thought that was serving because you came to church? A lot of us thought that. You know, that was worshiping. That wasn't serving. And so, here's the thing about it. If you came to church on Sunday morning, man, you loved the church. Man, if you came back on Sunday night, you loved the pastor. But man, if you came on Wednesday night, you really did love God. You know, so I started doing that. Shannon and I got married and we was growing in the Lord and doing things. And then I started going on Thursday night, the Thursday night visitation. And I made a lot of people mad on Thursday night visiting them. Because I always showed up and knocked on their door when their supper was hot and stopped them from eating it and made them mad. And they didn't even want to know about Jesus. Because I'm knocking on their door when they're trying to eat supper and bothering them. And you can just tell they'd open the door and they'd have this look of disdain on their face. Like, what are you doing here? I come to tell you about Jesus. I'm not, I'm eating, you know what I'm saying? You're disturbing people. You know what I'm saying? You're, you're bothering them. But we kept trying it, and I don't know that we ever had any fruit off that Thursday night visitation. I don't remember any because of disturbing people at their supper time. But here's what I do know. I began to understand a mindset of serving. But here's what I noticed in the local church. It was about 10% of the people doing 100% of the work. And I don't read that in my Bible. It's not there. So today, I want you to understand what God wants to do in you, through you, for the world around you. Are you with me? You ready to jump in, church? You ready to jump in, church? Let's do this, okay? So when you think about high-five value of serving, people get caught up in their rights. I've never witnessed a nation that's more about rights than it is right now. Are you with me? You understand what I'm saying? Everybody's about their rights, their rights, their rights. But listen, when it comes to serving, you give up your rights for the sake of Christ. You see, we believe in serving others like Jesus did. That's where you give up your rights, and you give them to Jesus. See, spiritual maturity is not how much Bible you know and how many verses you can quote. Spiritual maturity is not how long you pray in the morning or at lunch or at dinner like Daniel did. There's nothing wrong with those things. But spiritual maturity is when you get to a point in a walk, in your Christian walk, that you're serving other people. You're other-centered. You've got your face off of yourself, and you're looking at other people. There's no loving others unless we're serving others. Jesus said in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 20 and verse 28, look what he said. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to what? Say those next two words with me. Serve others. That's what he said and to give his life a ransom for many. Do you understand that Jesus came to serve humanity by giving his life and dying for them a, a terrible, terrible death? And the good news is when we think about this, Jesus came in a form of a man not to only die for my sins and for years, but to model how that we are to serve God the Father. Here's what I've noticed about our country. There's about 350,000 churches in the U.S. of A., and a whole lot of them have gotten really comfortable. Christians have gotten really comfortable. We think that serving God is to go and pay homage by going to a church on Sunday morning, and you go there for you, and you go out and live in the world for you. And that's not Bible. And that's not what God wants, because God has given you too much in order to be able to, that you can be a blessing for Him. You say, well, what do you mean? Paul spelled it out perfectly in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. He said, for we are God's masterpiece. 
He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the, say those two next words, good things that he planned for us to do long ago. So no matter how you were raised, no matter if you, when you were young, you may have had a parent that told you that you were a mistake. Or maybe someone has made you feel less than that you got married and they, and they talk down to you. They talk negative to you. They verbally abuse you. I want you to own the words in God's word to say, I'm a masterpiece in the king. I'm a masterpiece in Jesus Christ. I'm not junk. I'm made and I've got royal blood flowing through my veins because God is the God who's on the throne. And when he's on the throne, he can, we can live with him being in the throne of our lives. But too many people today degrade themselves by saying that they're less than. Get your words right because when you gave your life to Christ, that's when the beginning of the amazing journey begins. You say, what do you mean? Once you give your life to Christ, then you go from being a consumer to a contributor, see? So many people get that mixed up because we live in a consumerism nation. Everybody's consuming this and consuming that. So we come in and we want to consume the blessings of God, but we don't realize the true blessing flows that whenever we have the gifts that comes down from the Father of lights, that we be a gift giver in every way we can with our talents and our abilities and our skills that God blesses us with. First Peter 4 and 10 says, God has given each of you a gift Look at the person next to you and say, you're gifted. And some of you think, that ain't what you said before we got out of the car. No, you're gifted. We have gifts from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve yourself. Woohoo! That's not what it says. It says, use them well to serve one another. See, your gift to serve. Some of you think, really? I'm gifted to serve? Yes, you've got talents, but they're not for your benefit. You say, really? That's messed up. See, you were made to make a contribution when you come into the kingdom of God, not just consume. Listen, it's not the duration of your life. It's the donation of your life that it's critical. There's no free rides here. If we're going to do it God's way, the Bible says you were created to serve. You were saved to serve. You follow me on that? Say yes. God commanded us to serve and to be able to give back. Let me ask this question. How many of you have ever read the book Purpose Driven Life by Dr. Rick Warren? Raise your hand. For those of you that haven't read the book, it is an amazing read. It's a God-anointed book. And the very first sentence in the very first chapter says this, it's not about you. Now, for some people, it might make them close the book and not go any further. But it is an amazing way to understand the purposes of God for our lives and what we're truly here on this earth for. And your purpose in this life is to be who God made you to be and for me to be who God made me to be. God gave us all these gifts, the talents and abilities and background and experiences to benefit other people by serving other people. You want to know why you're alive today, why you're breathing, why God allowed you to wake up, why God has got your heart beating and you're drawing in oxygen and breathing out carbon monoxide. You know why that's happening? Still that you're alive. You're here to serve God and you're here to serve people because that's God's plan for all of us. When you're born again, you become a minister. 
And some of you are pushing back. Wait a minute, you're the minister. No, the word minister means to be a servant or it means to be able to serve. And if you go over there and you read Paul's description to what we're to be about and you go and look at what he said to the church at Ephesus which is applicable to us in chapter 4 verses 11 and 12 he described and talked about the pastors and evangelists and all the different positions about the church but he talked about that they are equipped in order to be able to get the people to do the work of the church do you follow me on this now I can preach teach and marry and bury and I could do it probably and do the work of 10 men but I'm not going to last very long if I try to do the work of 10 men do you agree with me on that follow me But what if I challenge you to use the gifts and the talents and abilities that we all have? Look how much more it's going to get done. And look how many lives that we get to touch together for the kingdom of Almighty God and for the glory of God being able to save souls. Is that amazing or what, church? Come on now. God wants to do so much and He don't want you to miss out on what He wants to do in you and through you and once again for the world around you. You don't want to miss out on that in your life. So many times for people, they think, well, pastor, I'm not called to a ministry. That's, that's not me. I, I'm not called to a ministry. When you're called to salvation in Jesus Christ, you're called to serve. We're all called to serve. Now, you may not be called to be a pastor. I get that. But every Christian is a minister. And every Christian needs a ministry in the church. And they need a mission in the world. And man, I am at a point in time in my life that I'm skiing downhill, church. I'm skiing downhill. And man, I want you to go with me. And we're going to do everything we can do to take this community by storm. We're going to do everything we can do to win people to Jesus. And we're going to do everything we can do. We're going to love them because when you're serving people, you're loving people. And it makes a difference in someone's life. Are you with me today? You with me today, church? Because I want you to go on this journey with me today. If you're looking, if you come in here to be comfortable, and I know them are some comfortable seats. I watch a lot of you sleep a lot, okay? I do. Had someone in the last service come up to me, true story, come up to me last service and apologize to me for them sleeping through the service. You know what I told them? I said, it's a shame and disgrace that you had to come and confess to me because I never saw you sleeping. You wouldn't even have to tell me. <laughs> that you were sleeping. I didn't see them sleeping, you know. But think about this. God don't want you sleeping in this life. He's got too much for you to do in this life. And, and so I want you to understand what we're doing now. Whatever you get in on what God wants you to do and you begin to practice it, there's a good chance as you practice it here on earth, it's going to be something you're going to get to serve God and others throughout eternity. Last week I kind of talked about the discipleship diet and exercise. And I talked about how a lot of times that as Christians, we're not careful, we'll go, we'll go I chair. It's about I, I want this, I want that, I want deeper word, I want deeper worship, I, I, I. But today, as we move forward from that, if you weren't, you can download that or listen to that from last week. But today, when I think about discipleship exercise, it's about giving back what we've already been given by God. And God gives all his children assignments and he equips us to be able to do what he wants us to do and he prepared us to do a long time ago. And sometimes people push back and say, I just really, I don't know what to do, Pastor. Well, that's why we have the pathway to freedom, so you can understand. Matter of fact, today, they're over there doing a spiritual gifts class today. And it's just a way that you can help hone in on the things that you're going to do. But here, when I look at people in life, they live with this dissatisfied spirit a lot of times. Because people are searching for self-esteem. People are searching for self-worth. They're searching for significance. And and it doesn't come from success. 
They don't come from the size of your salary. But I'll assure you, my friend, it comes from your service to others. And that's what's going to get you in that peace and love and joy that God wants to do. Because the greatest thrill that you and I will ever have in this world on this side of heaven is to be used by Almighty God. So really, what does it take? There's just a few things I want to challenge you with to help you to understand what it means to serve like Jesus. And I'm going to tell you first and foremost, it's just real simple. You ready? It's deep. Be available. Okay? It's just about being available. A lot of times people just don't make themselves available. And you say, well, why don't they make themselves available? Because they don't think about that they can be used of God and their agenda is not God's agenda. It might be a good agenda, but it's not God's agenda. When you look at the life of Jesus, one day he was headed toward Jericho. And listen to what happened to him. It says in Matthew 20, beginning at verse 30, two blind men were sitting beside the road. They heard that Jesus was coming that way. They began shouting, Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. Be quiet, the crowd yelled at them. But they only shouted louder, Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. When Jesus heard them, he stopped. And he called, what do you want me to do for you? See, when you want to serve God and you want to be used of God, get this. You need to take the example of Jesus. And you've got to allow your life to be interrupted. Man, I know some of you here, you have that type A personality. you got it going on with your iCal right now. Man, you've got it all worked out all the way through your iCal, exactly what you're going to do, when you're going to do it, probably down to the millisecond. You might be that anal about that. And man, if anything comes in and interrupts your schedule, it freaks you out. How many of you, it freaks you out if your schedule gets interrupted? Just raise your hand real quick, real quick. All right, those of you raise your hand, uh, would you bring the oil in here, come up front, we're going to anoint you and get you over this thing. But no, I mean, people are like that, church. They are. It don't make you a bad person. That's just how it is. But here's what i got to get you to understand about Jesus. When you study the Gospels and you study the life of Jesus, his life and his ministry was a ministry of interruptions. Everywhere he went, Jesus was being interrupted. But Jesus was always on time every time and whenever you begin to understand that you can allow your life to be interrupted out there as you walk in this life you will still be on time every time when it's God's way not your way are you tracking with me on this you understand what I'm trying to to get across to you understand that servant-hearted people do not procrastinate when it comes to serving they're spontaneous and they're sensitive to their surroundings and they say let's go for it let's do it I love this amazing quote by the founder of, of the Methodist Church, John Wesley. Check this out. It says, do all the good you can, by all the means you can, in all the places you can, at all the times you can, to all the people you can, as long as you ever can. That's what it means to serve. That's what it means by being available. And whenever you step up and you say, God, what is it that you want me to do? That's when God will lead you on a path to touch the lives of broken, hurting people. Because here's what I know. There are broken, hurting people right here in this auditorium today. 
I can't see your brokenness and I can't see your hurting, but there's no doubt in my mind that you're here. And you know what? God wants to use us as we seek God to mend our brokenness. He wants us to go out into a world to be able to help heal those people's brokenness. And God will give you opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. If you are sensitive to that, you don't procrastinate. You begin to look around and say, God, use me in a profound way for your glory and your honor. Some of you are thinking and you're pushing back on me and you're saying, I really would like to, Pastor, and I believe what you're saying is true. I'm just not available. But the truth is, what really keeps us, what obstacles comes our way that keeps us from being available? I think it has a lot to do with self-centeredness. People get so self-centered in their lives. And when you see a need right in front of you when you're out there in the highways and byways, guess what? That's God's timing and that's God's opportunity. And that's even God's interruption to get you to stop and to serve in the moment. Man, I love what Philippians 2 and 4 says in Eugene Peterson's message. It says, forget yourself long enough to lend a helping hand. Wow hard to do though sometimes isn't it you say well I don't you just, I understand I understand what you're saying but I don't have time I've got my agenda I've got my goals I've got my dreams I've got my plans and you know what <laughs> it's not a shortage of time ultimately it's a wrong wrong priorities not a shortage of time it's just a problem with the wrong Priorities in your life. It's like this. Here's how people are living life as Christians today in this nation. They just walk around like this. Yep, yep, yep. Do not disturb me. So it is. You might not walk around with a sign on this like this, but I guarantee you with your attitude and actions, if you listen to yourself and your self-centeredness, this is how you act. Don't disturb me with a problem that somebody's got a flat tire. Oh, they've got a cell phone. Don't bother me with a person across the way they're at work. It's crying right now because their spouse left them. They'll get over it. Everybody gets divorced. Don't bother me about the situation that's going on with their kids and they're getting a divorce. Everybody gets divorced. Don't worry me about the things that's going on with the person across the street. I know they've got cancer, but my dad got cancer. They'll be okay. If they die, maybe they know Jesus. I'm, I might even talk to them about it sometime. But right now, I got a lot going on in my life. I got problems too. I got situations too. I got things going on too. Don't disturb me. Don't disturb my heart. Don't disturb my agenda. Don't disturb me with the needs of other people. I've got needs too. You see, a sold-out servant for Jesus doesn't mind being interrupted because they have a servant's heart like Jesus. And they don't mind being interrupted for the cause of the kingdom of God. Because when your agenda becomes God's agenda, That's when you step into a realm to say, every day when you open your eyes, today's the first day of the rest of my life. How can I make a difference in somebody's life today? I'll tell you another obstacle that people have that they don't make themselves available is perfectionism. Waiting for the perfect time to jump in and do something. You don't understand, Pastor. 
Like it's, it's a season of life we're in. Our kids are all in ball. And, you know, you don't understand. They made the travel team. We get to travel everywhere with the travel team, you know. We just travel away from Jesus with the travel team, you know. Oh, we stop and have a prayer on Sunday morning, but we're still traveling really away from Jesus, you know. You don't understand, Pastor. I'm trying to get this business off the ground, and if I don't do it, who's going to do it? It's going to fall. It's going to flounder. Pastor, you don't understand what's taking place. It is the time in my life right now that we're trying to grow close. We just got married, man. We're focusing on one another. Yet we could go on and on and on for the perfect time, but the perfect time never comes because there's no perfect people. How many of you know somebody that thinks they're perfect? Raise your hand. Now, if you're sitting beside them, just blink at me. There's no perfect people. Not me, not you, not anybody. Jesus told us to be perfect for my heavenly Father's perfect. He's saying strive for the perfection. That doesn't make you perfect in the flesh. Listen closely to me what I'm going to say to you right now. Prolonged idleness paralyzes initiative prolonged idleness paralyzes initiative we don't need more time we don't need more strength we don't need more ability we don't even need a better opportunity what we need is to say God I'm going to use what I've got while the time I've got to do it and here's what I'm going to tell you friends What you do today is the only influence you have over the future. And that's a fact. If you want perfect conditions, even materialism will stop you from being able to serve God because you can't serve God and money. And so as Christians, I'm challenging you in a world, in a dog-eat-dog world, especially in this nation that we live in, You've got to make your mind up as a Christ follower. Am I going to be a kingdom builder or am I going to be a wealth builder? That's a decision you have to make. If your job is keeping you from serving God and doing any kind of service, I challenge you to pray to God to help you make some adjustments. So being available is huge. It's huge in your life if you're going to serve like Jesus. Also being grateful. You know, it's always been said, and you've heard it, people want to have an attitude of gratitude. That is something we've got to have. We get to serve. It's not that I have to serve. I get to serve. Paul told Timothy in his second letter there in the Living Bible in 1 and 9, he said, if it is he who served, who saved us and chose us for his holy work, not because we deserved it, but because that was his plan long ago before the world began, to show his love and kindness to us through Christ. Why do we serve God with gratefulness? Because God is the one who saved our soul through Jesus giving his life on the cross. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. And so here, you're here today and your heart is beating. You're drawing in breath. God is blessing you and he's giving you the gifts of life, not only in your gifts to be able to serve, but the blessings of life he bestows on all of us. Man, we owe it all back to God. We should be ever so grateful. But what is an obstacle that keeps us from being grateful to God? Comparing and criticizing that's what we end up doing you say what do you mean 
Paul spelled it out to the Romans. He said, who are you to condemn someone else's servant? Their own master will judge whether they stand or fall. And with the Lord's help, they will stand and receive his approval. See, we're all God's servants. We got to be really careful about comparing ourselves or criticizing someone else because we're all on the same team. It's the same God. It's the same goals. And competition does not make sense whatsoever. See, every time you look at somebody else and you criticize them or you compare yourself to them, when you put your eyes on people, you're taking your eyes off God. And when you take your eyes off God, you are heading down a path that is going to be no good to get you where the kingdom builder he wants you to be to become. I remember when we first started the church and our church got notoriety because we were doing things different than nobody had ever done back when we started it. And young, dumb pastor here Started noticing those things, and I said, we're going to do things different than ever people done. We're not going to do it like that church did it. We're not going to do this like that. And next thing you know, I started comparing, and I started criticizing. And God took me out to the spiritual woodshed and done some business with me to show me some things about my own life. Never be caught in your Christian walk comparing yourself to another church or comparing yourself to how another person serves or what gifts and talents and abilities they've got. Never criticize another Christian who's doing the best that they know how to do. It takes all of us in the kingdom of Almighty God because the devil never takes a day off. And he's going to come at us with every way, shape, form, and fashion. And you know what? you got to be really careful when you're criticizing other people. Because when you're criticizing other Christians, especially it's the language of Satan himself. And let me tell you something, church, and you listen closely to me. If there's ever a time you need to know answers about what's going on in your church family, you come to your leaders. You know what gossip is? Gossip is when you're either you're not part of the problem or the solution, but you're bumping your gums about it. That's gossip, and it's sin. And here's what I'll tell you. If someone comes to you and they're comparing and criticizing to you, get ready. They're going to walk away and they're going to compare and criticize to someone about you. Be real careful with it. The enemy wants to use it to be able to take down what God is doing. And listen, if you do get criticized, consider it a compliment for following God's plan in your life. I'll tell you something else when it comes to being grateful. Another obstacle is, is just simply people having these wrong motivations. You say, well, what do you mean? Look what Jesus said in his Sermon on the Mount. Watch out. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others. No, no, no. He says, for you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. No matter what you do in the kingdom of God, you always do it for God's glory. Don't try to get caught up in seeking brownie points with people because they're just people. Get that. Let that resonate with your spirit. When I'm going to serve like Jesus, I, I just need to make myself available. And I need to be grateful because God is blessing me with the opportunity that I'm vertical and I'm on the top side of the soil, not on the bat, bottom side of the soil. But also, you need to be faithful. It's all about being faithful. I've always said in my life as a Christian that it's not about how we start. It's how we finish. And I know some of you have been serving a long time, you're doing great things, and sometimes you get really tired and the load gets heavy and you're doing the best you can. Listen, I want to encourage you to keep on keeping on. Don't quit in the middle. Listen to the words of Jesus 
in John 17. If you've never taken the opportunity to read Jesus' prayer, read John's Gospel, chapter 17, and read this beautiful prayer. And listen to what he says. And he always comes all the way through the prayer to the point that he prays for you and me, even where we're at today as believers. But listen to what he said in verse 4. He said, I brought glory to you here on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. Maybe sometime when you read that in your Bible, or you might want to underline that. You might want to circle it. Completing the work. See, when you get to heaven and life is over, as your pastor, I want every one of you to be able to look at the Lord in the face and tell him, Lord, I completed the work you gave me to do while I was living on that dirt ball called earth. I want to be able to say that I completed it. You want to be like Jesus. It means that you are going to serve as long as you're alive and drawing a breath. But I will tell you, friend, it's going to take persistence. But how do you stay faithful for the long haul? You got to be continually grateful for God forgiving your past, taking away our sins, giving us this precious gift of eternal life. Living our lives for Him and His glory. Living a life and knowing that we don't get what we deserve. I owe the rest of my life to the Lord God Almighty. And by serving Him, I'm going to be rewarded. And by you serving Him, you're going to be rewarded. Because God always rewards service. No matter how big the service is. Or how small that it is. I want you to read what Paul said to the Corinthians here. In chapter 15. Listen to what it says. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord. For you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. You know, you think about significance and prominence. Let me give you a good analogy. I, I saw a soldier that was hit by IED in the war overseas, and his nose was completely removed. But he was living, and he was strong, and he was able to function in life. But you could see his face, and it was disfigured, and it was a sad thing that what he went through, serving our country, he almost lost his life. You can see the disfigurement. But then there were other people that were killed in the war as well. And there wasn't anything disfigured on their body. But their heart was damaged so bad that they died. You look at their body. You see no disfigurement like the young man that had his face damaged and his nose removed. He's living. And yet the other person died. You say, well, what are you trying to say to me? You never mistake the anonymous with insignificance. Do you know who was here early this morning that made the coffee that some of you get to drink that like drinking coffee? Do you know who was here this morning preparing the info desk out here and for to be able to ask questions and to be there for you? Do you know 
who was here this morning and know the person that handed you a couple of things when you come in the doorway? Do you know who the people are back here in a room by themselves right now that are clicking the words for the worship or they're clicking the words for the scripture? Do you, I could go on and on. Those people there are volunteers. They may be anonymous to you, but they're significant for the kingdom of Almighty God. And the truth is, it's done by volunteers, which is all important. So, have you ever wondered maybe why you're here at Freedom Church today? Because God knew that you had something to give back. God doesn't want any of us to come to a church and be a comfortable Christian and sit and soak and sour. He brought you here to serve with the gifts, the talents, and the abilities that God has blessed you with and ordered your steps even before you were born. So I just want to ask you to, to ask God this question. Say, God, how are you going to use me? And the more so, how are you going to allow God to use you? We gave you a couple of serving forms when you came in. Even if you're brand new here today, you can jump on board with this. Easter's coming up. We got five services. You say, why are you doing five services? Why don't you just do two? Because we want to do everything we can do to reach people to know God. As many opportunities as we can. Two on Saturday, three on Sunday. We're doing everything we can do to get you to go out of the locker room here and hit the field and challenge everybody you see out there to come and be a part of what God is going to do because we know and believe and we watch God do it so many times, lives going from death to life. But there's all kinds of things we need help to do. And without you, it won't get done. We have a very, very small staff here at Freedom Church, smaller than most churches around the country because we don't believe that even if we had the resources to pay more people to do more stuff, that's cheating you out of what God wants to do through you. See, we all draw a paycheck, but we all draw paychecks from different places. But yet we're in full-time ministry for the glory of God. So I want to challenge you, serve in these up to four services if you'd like to, but yet in that one service, come and soak it up for the glory of God and bring somebody you invite that needs Jesus. I challenge you to do that if you call this church home. The other form here is just a regular serving form at all times. And if there's something on there that, that it's not necessarily your cup of tea, put on here, call me. I'd like to talk about it. If you got questions, when you put the information on there, but we need all the help we can get for God's glory because we want to reach this community for Jesus Christ. So you can drop those in the bucket when you leave. And once again, it's a ministry in a church, but it's a mission in the world. Y'all know the snow came here a while back and it was crazy. Um, I was driving in my truck, and I'm blessed to have a four-wheel drive truck. But I passed these people that were in the ditch. And, uh, and I drove by, and what did I say automatically? They can call a wrecker. Wow, what a, what a crazy answer that my selfish, self-centered self said at the moment. And I thought, I can't go back there and help them push that out. I just left the gym. I got on tennis shoes and shorts. They'll think I'm stupid or something get out in a t-shirt and shorts and tennis shoes well the Holy Spirit said stop dude I don't know if the Lord talks to you that way but he does to me you know in my spirit you know 
So I stopped and I went back there. I started to start helping and trying to push the car out. They was trying to turn into the hospital. And, and so when I got there and started pushing, this guy gets out of the car and he gets his daughter to get over in the driver's seat and the dude gets out with shorts and tennis shoes. And I thought, I get it, Lord. Okay, I get it, okay? So we start pushing the car and pushing the car and rocking and slinging snow all over and all that stuff. And we couldn't get it. Next thing you know, somebody else stopped. And they started pushing. We got the car rocking, slinging snow, all that stuff, and we got the car out. Saved them probably a $75 or $100 record bill. You know, I didn't have a chain or nothing. I could have done what I could do with my truck. But anyway, my point is this. When you get in your mind that we as God's people have a ministry in a church and a mission in the world, God's going to take you to a place you've never, ever imagined as you walk with him. I promise you that. So there's two things you can do in your life. You can waste it or you can invest it. But I want to challenge you to invest it today in things that's going to outlast the world. Because one day you're going to stand before the Lord God and hopefully you're going to have the right answers. And what did you do with my son Jesus? You can say, I gave my life to him. I was born again. My name's in that book. But then what if he asked you, what did you do with the gifts and the talents and the abilities that I gave you? Are you going to say, oh, I'm sorry, God, I, I was just too busy. I was just too busy. The wonderful words to hear would be this in Matthew 25. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. Now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. <laughs> Let's celebrate together. That's amazing. Stand with me, church. Father, we love you. We praise you. We honor you. We thank you, God, for what you're doing in our lives. We thank you, God, for the heart of the servants here, God. Lord, I want to pray, God, right now for those here that they've meant well God but in, in so many times we're all guilty of just sliding into a comfortable state so I pray God for every soul here that they will let you search their heart and touch them and convict them in the areas of what they need to do and how they need to do it as we continue praying maybe you're here and and you just need to tell God say God I'm sorry I've been doing things my way I'm sorry God that I've been living life according to my plan, and I just don't want to do that anymore. I want to trust you, God. I want to invest my time, God. Just tell me, say, God, I want to invest my time. I don't want to waste it. I want to use these gifts and talents and abilities you've given me to serve other people, God. Just tell him that right now. Tell him, I'm sorry. I've gotten away from it, or I've never done it, God. Heavenly Father, we know it's really easy to get out of line in life. And it's easy to get tired and worn out, especially when we're doing life for self. God, this world, it wants to grab our attention, Father. And, and God, to so help us to, to follow you, God. Help us to, to listen to when you're trying to get our attention. Help us to experience the joy and the, and the purpose and the peace and the focus on you and your purpose and destiny for our lives. To not only serve you, God, but to serve others. 
So God, I ask on my behalf and all of us, God, Father, forgive us, God, when we get self-centered. Forgive us, God, whenever we wait for perfect conditions, God. Forgive us, Heavenly Father, when we get caught up in, in comparing and criticizing and whatever's stopping us, God. Forgive us, Lord, for not being your hands and your feet in a world that desperately needs you, God. Find us, God, available. Find us grateful. Find us faithful. As we continue to pray right now, I believe with all my heart, in a crowd of people this size or as many people watch as online, that somebody needs to invite Jesus in their heart today. And if you feel the Lord Jesus knocking on your heart, he's wooing you to salvation, would you just pray to him where you're at and just tell him, say, Lord Jesus, I invite you into my heart. I believe in you, Jesus. I confess my sins to you, Jesus, all the things I've ever done wrong. Please forgive me. Tell him, say, Lord, salvage me. Transform me. Save me, Lord. My life is yours. If you prayed that and you meant that from the depths of your soul, Thank him for that where you're at. and He's going to give you the presence and the power of the Holy Ghost of God, his spirit. That you'll never be alone. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Father, thank you, God, that when we pray prayers of faith in you, that you do exactly what we ask for, God, when it comes to salvation. Thank you for the lives you've touched, the lives you've saved, the lives you've changed, and the servants that are stepping up. In Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people say, amen. Let's give God glory, church. He deserves it. All right. Good morning, everyone. I hope you guys enjoyed today's service. I just wanted to kind of wrap up and give you guys some next steps. If you have given your life to Christ today, that's awesome, and we want to know about it. Um, if you are watching online or on the app, we have a little hamburger icon you can click on, and it'll take you to the connection card, and you can just mark that for us. And if you're on Facebook, if you go to the description, you can find a link, and it'll take you to the connection card. While you're there, you might see some other next steps. If you're interested in any of those next steps, just mark that too, and um, we'll get that, and we'll be more than happy to work with you about your walk with Christ and what um, is going to happen after today. We're going to move into a time of giving. Here at Freedom Church, we believe that you can't outgive God. If you are on the app or the website, you can just go to that same um, icon and click the link to give, and if you're on Facebook, you can go to the link in the description. Um, and if you would like to send in your tithe, you can do that. We'll have the address to the church right here on the screen, and we'll get that safe and secure. We hope you guys have a great day, and peace out.